Hey there, it's Jason Cunningham and welcome back to Save My Business, the podcast dedicated to helping small and medium-sized business owners navigate through the proverbial shitstorm. Today's guest, I'm pretty pumped, is known in some circles as the doyen of the security industry, having reached the dizzy heights in business of running a business with more than 5,000 employees and turning over in excess of $100 million. Not only that, he's mixed in various different circles from politicians, business leaders, socialites, and even some of the more colourful racing identities. His name is none other than Mr. Harry Corris. Harry, welcome to the show. Jeez, thank you for having me, uh, Jason. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you wrote that yourself, Harry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking. Now, Harry, I must say uh, you're a good friend of my business partner, uh, Rob's. You're a mentor of Rob's, and you're a friend of mine, and I'm actually honoured to have you on our show. And uh, I think today's episode is going to be one with a bit of a twist. But before we get into the various different twists, um, I'm curious to explore what life was like running an organisation with 5,000 employees. Now, I say this with respect, and you know I've got a lot of respect for you, Harry, particularly since you paid for lunch a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, your industry uh, and, and, and some, of the, some of the people that you employ, some of the team members you employ uh, you know, in the security industry, it, it's somewhat challenging. And I'm not at all trying to uh, place a, a view on, uh, on the person or the employee, but some of the situations that they're involved in, uh, high-pressure situations or dangerous situations, helping people to be calm and collected through their process. Tell, tell me what that was like. Yeah. Oh, look, Jason, it's, it's certainly um, high-pressure is a key word. But what we did and what we instilled into our people and something that I got taught was that we weren't in the security business, we were in the people business. You're right. So once we understood that we were in the people business, then we can leap forward. Mm -hmm. The people that are still stuck and think that they're in the security business, they're mm -hmm. the ones that want to be, you know, want to be coppers and X this and X that and whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Troops eat first, right? Yeah. Without our people, we, we didn't have a business. Hence why we were a people business, not a security business, right? So, Harry, I, I talk to a number of different business owners and, and typically the threshold of management is around 10 or 15 team members before people lose their mind. And you've springboarded to 5,000. Yes. Yeah. How, did, how did you structure your day? How did you lead a team of 5,000 people? We always believed in troop seat first. Uh-huh. Okay. So they made it easy for us, Jason, because mm. we loved them, we cared for them, we trained them, we nurtured them. We corrected them and they made it a lot easier for us. Big teams into little teams mm -hmm. and leaders amongst everyone. Mm -hmm. So we created leaders. You know, people call them supervisors and two ICs. For us, it was all about leadership. We needed leaders to lead this, to lead the stadiums, to lead the events, to lead that high-pressure high job that we've got on, you know, the high-risk job. So the continuation of embarking on this leadership journey with them mm -hmm. and getting their heads out of the security field and into this leadership role because you know what, if we're here protecting the practice, we're not here to secure the practice. We're here to protect your brand. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah, right. So we misbehave, it's going to be on your brand, mm. not us, because mm. they don't know who's us, you know. So leadership, continued leadership. You, uh, you, you've worked in uh, so many high-profile environments, uh, and not to mention, none least to mention, of obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which mm. we'll talk about a little bit later on, if that's yes. okay with you. Yeah, not a problem. But, you, you know, your brand was everywhere at the airport, yes. at, at, at the football. It was everywhere. Yes. Tell me, where did you start? 
We started, funny enough, uh, we were young kids uh, training at the Brunswick Bars gym because uh-huh. it was cheap, you know, we go there and we're training. We are 16 years old and a, and a good friend of ours said, hey, um, you boys free tonight? Uh, yep. We need a couple of blokes to help us out at a club, you know. Mm. And we said, "Yeah, oh, we're free, of course." Mm. So we turned up there. And we we worked on the back door, mm. and uh, you know, uh, and we got the promotion, Jace. You know, we worked there for many years, and then from the back door, we got to the front door. Uh, and you know, we were sixteen. We knew nothing different. Mm. Um, you know, the story: migrant parents. Mm-hmm. You know, dad worked at CUB. You know, made more beer, drank more beer than he made. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we sort of have that, and, and that's where it was, Jace. We 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 had to do something. Yeah. You know, and for me, that's what it was. Mm. How long ago was that, Harry? Oh, oh, nearly thirty years ago, Jason. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, okay, so yeah. thirty years ago, yeah, lift on weights at the Brunswick Baths. Yeah, you get a gig in town at the back door. Yes. Uh, what then? How how did you take your first step, first foray into business, if you like? Yes. So what happened there, Jason, was that my I met my my partner, my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously doing the doors, and mm-hmm. and, and um, what had happened? Uh, you know, six months later, she's she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And there's relevance to this story because what happens is a friend of mine says, "Oh, they've got security at the football." You know, and I said, "Security at the football? Unheard of!" You know, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? They said, ah, ring these blokes here. That's what they're doing. So we ring, we ring this company. We go down and see them. And they, uh, the bloke's an ex, uh, ex-policeman, ex-armed robbery squad detective, rough and tough, you know. Ah, can you fight, mate? You know, we need tough blokes, all this sort of garbage, you know. So yeah, yeah, we can fight, mate, whatever you want us to do. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got all these footy grounds. So he gave us all these footy. And now we grew up in Brunswick, right? So I'm from Brunswick. And I said, well, Princess Park works for me, you know. Mm. Ironically, here it is. Yeah. Um, and he said, all right, no worries. So it was Saturday day. It was all day games. Mm. And that got me an introduction into the AFL, mm. meaning major event security, because we didn't do major event security as such. We were doing pubs and clubs, right? Mm-hmm. So from that, I met some fantastic people, and one of the one of the one of the guys who I highly respect, a gentleman that I highly respect and still see today, is Ian Collins. Mm. He gave me my first kick uh, when I started my business. But what had happened, Jason? I built a reputation within um, those those circles. And I went from a security guard, you know, crowd controller, just bouncing at pubs and different things to getting involved into major event security. Now, mind you, in that period, um, I worked in the commission flats. I worked at various different pubs, you know, unfortunately witnessed a lot of major incidences and there was a murder or a murder trial. Somebody killed someone at a venue. Mm. Um, Many different things that had happened. So the apprenticeship was well and truly done, Mm. but it also taught me about what not to do. Yeah. You would have seen some horrific things, Harry, as you just alluded to. How did you deal with that? Oh, you know, for me, Jason, it was a job. I had to buy nappies for my little girl. Yeah. And that's how I treated it. Uh, people would call me Harry the Hirer because I can get a lot of people very quick. <laughs> well, if you've gone from two employees yeah, to 5,000, yeah, no yeah, doubt yeah. you can. Harry the Hirer, United <laughs> Nations as well. Because I, used to, You know, mate, we went through a rough patch those days um, yeah. with certain things happening in the industry. And the security industry was very much targeted. Yeah. Um, and rightly so. But... Mm. I, for me, I, I would just do my job and go home, not mm. get involved in the politics. Mm. You know, it's not my business to do that. But um, respect was a key word. You know, if you didn't bring your manners and your respect, then you're not welcome, you know. So mm. typically, Harry, I've seen and the people that I've spoken to, typically for most of us, we are a creation from our family of origin. And uh, you, you said to me, you know, Jason, you've heard the story, migrant family, old man, all this. Tell me a little bit about you. Harry, growing up in the Chorus household, and what was that like? Yeah. Tell me where you went to school and tell me how the values that your parents instilled, uh, how that's formed the person you are today. Yeah. No, it's a great question, Jason. And then 
Yeah, grew up in Brunswick, mm-hmm. um, born and bred there, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, mum and dad got off a boat from Greece, as they do, mm-hmm. migrant parents. I think dad always believed he was going back. It was a short journey. I'll come here, make some money and go back. Mm-hmm. Dad would work, as I said, work at the brewery. Um, and I, from what I understood, dad put all his money back. He was sending money to Greece to support his family, which, of course, then we suffered because we never had a home, never had a car, never had a phone. And I think when you grow up that way, you don't think anything different, Jace. You just sort of think it's the norm. It didn't matter. No colour television, you know, yeah. no video, all that stuff. And you go to your mates and they've got everything, right? Yeah, I, I, I lived know. a very similar lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. you know. And so, so but one thing that, that mum and dad instilled in us was um, respect. We had at the table as one family. You wouldn't dare pick up a fork and eat between dad sitting down and mum yeah. sitting down. So that, that um, and, and, you know, we did our cross. We did a prayer. Well, not, not a prayer, I should say. Just did our cross. Thankful that we've got something to eat. Mm. And, and that, I've instilled that into my family. Mm. I've put that into my family. So before I eat, you know that I do my cross anywhere I am. I don't, I don't, I don't. in fact, Arnold sort of said to me, you're religious. I said, well, you know what? I'm happy I've got something to eat. Yeah. You can look at it that way, you know. Yeah. So, you know what it does, Jason? It builds your, um, your internals. You can either become a victim of that. You know, I think Bill Gates said it best. If you're born poor, uh, it's not your fault. If you die, it is. Yeah. You know, so one thing that flicked in my head was, you know what, I, I need to make it. I have to do something. There's no handout here. I, I can't wait. I'm not going to wait for Dad to, to give me something that he hasn't got. Um, so, you know, I sort of cracked those funny jokes about I wasn't going to drive a Ford or a, a Holden, you know, amongst mm. the boys. I said, we never had a car. Yeah. But it was easy to go and buy one of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to strive for something better. Yeah. Uh, so that gave me fuel. Yeah. That gave me fuel. I didn't, I didn't hate school either, Jason. I left yeah. at year eight, you know, yeah. year eight. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I knew I, I need to go and work. Yeah. I've got to feed. I've got to eat, you know. You know, one of the things that um, for people that don't know you, and I know you reasonably well, yes. um, uh, you know, if I was to look at the character traits that I would use to best describe the person that you are, I would think respect humility and graciousness. You're very kind. Yeah. Now, with all respect to you and your industry, you wouldn't typically uh, akin those three traits mm. to somebody that's worked as a bouncer. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a bouncer is more of a tough guy, mm. a stand-over man, and and God forbid, I, I know that you can hold your own, mm. uh, and, and, and you know that too. But the way you carry yourself, um, yeah, you know, I find intriguing. Um, but I, I feel that it, what it does do is it portrays a level of energy uh, that attracts people to you. Mm. And I think to myself, maybe that's why you are Harry the Hira, because of the energy <laughs> that you bring to the table. Um, and that's a bit of a euphemism there, and that's a hard word for me to get out there, Rashiv, uh, is, is the fact that you, know, you do attract people from those traits, which it sounds to me, just mm. listening to that story about eating dinner at home with mum and dad, that respect is a big one. And being grateful and gracious yeah, yeah. is also important as well as the humility piece. Uh, Harry, uh, I'm going to talk about what you're doing at the moment, which I find amazing. Mm. And it really does talk to that the more you give, the more you get piece. But but before we get that, I, I just it's it's not often that you meet somebody that sold their business. I mean, you sold it to Spotless uh, for, and did very well and I'm you know very happy for you. But just... Talk to me about what it's like to work with people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh, he's a – I mean, the difference between um, – I was a bit lucky, and I, and I say – I use the word lucky. A lot of people say it's not luck. I had been around high-profile people and entertainers all my life. Yeah. So, you know, during our during my journey in the security industry, you know, we've done every rock concert you can possibly think of. 
seven AFL grand finals. Um, I've seen the AFL turn. I, I, I noticed um, Colonial Stadium being built, Dockland Stadium. Yeah. You know, club mergers. Um, I went from having Ross Oakley as the boss to Wayne Jackson to seeing different things there. Yeah. Touring with, as I said, bands and then big brands, you know, Coca-Cola, the ANZ, the Myers, all the massive brands, right? Mm. And when I met Arnold, for me, I wasn't a fan. It was business for me. Yeah. And I think that is very different. And people get starstruck for us. Yeah. We've got a job to do. We yeah. know that we've got somebody that's landing for the next 72 hours. We need to plan mm. the event for him. So there's two events. There's him and there's the event. Yeah. So we've got two events running at once. We've got a security team. We've got an event team. And, you know, we've made a huge investment in getting this done. So working with a man like that, uh, typically you'll get, let's say, the rock band turns up pink. Mm. which we had. She broke her records here when we did her tours, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just pink. It's just pink. Mm. With Arnold, you get seven elements. Real estate, bodybuilding, governor, philanthropy, green energy, movies, and just uh, fitness. Get up and go and, you know, uh, giving back. Mm. So you get seven different elements of a human being, mm. you know, and seven different risks mm. and seven different types of people that want to talk to him. Mm. And to have the ability to um, share with him and not be a fan and him to realise that, that mm. we're here to get a job done. We're here to get you from A to B safe, deliver our, our word, deliver what you want, how you want it. Um, and one of the things I got taught, and that was from the old Qantas CEO, who was one of our clients at the time, it was Jeff Dixon, mm. who said to me, in, to be successful, you need speed and flexibility. And I think Arnold picked that up. We were very quick and very flexible. No yeah. matter what he wanted, we just got it done very quick. Yeah. So to be around somebody like that and... And it's interesting one, this one, I was in Hong Kong with him mm -hmm. and he said, let's go and have a stogie, right? Yeah, what's a cigar? Cigar, well, yeah. I didn't know what it was because yeah. I don't smoke cigars, yeah. I don't. Yeah. And I said, oh, so is it a, you know, don't you know, you know, everything <laughs> laugh, you know. And I said, oh, no, it's, it's a cigar, let's have a cigar. We went outside <clears throat> and he asked me if I wanted one. I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. smoke. You know? And he says, oh, no, and he says, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people would do it just to hang with him. Mm -hmm. And I think we evolved into being able to have honest conversations, mm. not garbage. You know, yeah. there was nothing he couldn't tell me and there was nothing that, uh, there's nothing I, I would share either, um, mm. but it was also so much learning mm. being around him. You know, our roles and, and the jobs that we have, uh, it, there's actually quite a few similarities. Yes. Um, the whole confidentiality piece is something that we hold dear to the code of ethics as a CPA practice that we adhere to uh, and so very similar to what yes. you do. And secondly, um, you're all about covering off risk. Mm. Um, and, and, and as an accountant, covering off risk is something that's important. Um, so, you know, I, I, here I am talking to a person that, uh, you know, often you don't get those traits where the entrepreneurial spirit, where they want to grow and, and grow their organisation to a turnover in excess of 100 mil with 5,000 employees. Usually that person, the trait of that personality is to grow, grow, grow. But you are always conscious of the risk piece as well. Mm. Mm. Can you tell me a, a bit more around um, how you ran your team? Mm. And it, particularly in the early days, how did you pick the leaders within your organisation mm. or did you hire leaders in or was it a combination of training people up? Tell mm. me how that process uh, went. That's a, that's, a, that's a great question, Jason. And that is, I'll, say, I'll tell you on the outset, two things that happened. I was running a fantastic security business, uh -huh. but I wasn't running a good business. The two different things. Yeah. And I had to learn the hard way. I had financial hardship twice because I ran out of money. Mm. You know, we're growing, we're winning this work, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, 
I'll get this job and then, you know, they'll pay me, I'll pay the troops. Yeah. Well, when they pay you 60 days later, yeah. you've already paid them four times, right? So they were valuable lessons for me mm. that I needed to keep the security team going one way, but also needed to bring in a business team. Mm. What does that mean? I need to bring in a CEO. I need to bring somebody. No, those people were non-industry. Yeah. A CFO, you know, we headhunted the BDO CFO. So from BDO, which I didn't realise they were so big in BDO. And he said, she said, we bring her over. She brings the team. Um, I was still running a little my old um, operation, you know, that yeah. crashed at the time. It was only a little, you know. Yeah. And we couldn't keep up. Mm. Then I realised it was, I think, the, the biggest check I ever signed, you know, was for SAP. Yeah, it's big money there. At the time, it was, I think it was over half a million. And then it was like, I said, what are you talking about? And it was, what is this bloody thing, you know? <laughs> so, and, and, and part of your question, as I said earlier, running a good security company, not running a good business. But what I did do, and you do this naturally, it just happens is, of course, you hire your family and your friends. Yeah. You know, until you realise they want to be paid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they can't hold off too long, right? <laughs> but, but one mistake that we did make, Jason, and that was a good security, we made security guards into managers. Mm. Technically, we called them a manager, but they were a glorified security guard. So what we failed to understand, and I picked this up and learned my lesson and brought in some, some techniques to fix it, and that was... You know, necessary because you're a good guard, it doesn't make you a good manager. Yeah. You know, the old saying, a yeah. good chef doesn't mean you can run a restaurant, a footy place, and, you know, whatever, yeah. the team, the yeah. coach, you know, all that, right? So, but I had to learn that. Mm. And then I thought, well, hold on. Who best to sell this product? Who mm. best to manage the product than the people that actually do it? Why bring in, like, we never had a sales team, no yeah. business development. So we built this $100 million business with zero sales team. Mm. The sales team were our people on the floor every day, right? So, what I realized very quickly, they're very skilled here. In, in, in being fantastic in the industry, in the risk game. Yep. But I've got some management skills, right? Spelling, grammar, behavior. And I thought, well, there's one way around that. And you said something earlier. The industry's got a stigma, right? Um, and I'll use this example for you. Unfortunately, when David Hooks was, was killed, yeah. the whole industry had to then, you know, the government did a knee-jerk reaction. Everyone has got to go and get this new certificate, right? Now, I'll bring it to your attention. You've got your nightclub guys. Right, to throw you in and out, right? Mm. The same security license as the head of security of Telstra. Mm. So he's a corporate, high-flying, half a million dollar bloke mm. that's saying, I don't need to go and do that course. I, mm. didn't, I don't do nightclubs. Well, you've got the same license, my friend. Mm. So we were all thrown in the same basket, right? So I realized very quick that I had to change that perception. And the first thing that we did was we put everybody in a suit, shirt and tie. A yeah. management team, not black and whites either. Yeah. Shirt and tie, non-negotiable. You were not having a casual Friday. Mm. You come here as a casual, you become a casualty. Mm. So we Oh, I like them. that, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We started to make them think mm. like business people. Mm. Traditionally, the guards are reading and they're reading the girly magazines. They're yeah. doing silly things because, yeah. you know, the truckies pull up, they give them a magazine. Mm. I would throw those in the bin and give them the Fin Review. Yeah. I would give them the BRW. <clears throat> I would circle where Coca-Cola was, where AMP was, read this, look at mm. this start to get their mentality out of the gutter mm. as just being a head on a stick and a guard mm. to start being a business person and giving them a portfolio. You're running 10 million here, Johnny. You're running a 10,000. You've got responsibility for this stadium. You're running the city of Melbourne. You've got this. You've got mm. that. Mm. So we started to, and then we will bring them into different circles. And, and it sounds to me, I'm listening to that story and I'm really buying in. And, mm. and one of the things that we've been learning in our organisation is to run an efficient and effective team uh, your team members want to have this sense of belonging and yes. that they're part of something bigger. And you using uh, the vernacular or using language around 
uh, you're running this stadium, you're running the city of Melbourne, all of a sudden, you know, uh, the chest is out, the stomach's mm. in, and, they, and they're walking a bit taller. Yes. And yeah, so that's an interesting little strategy there. Yes. You know, I always say this, you know, I, I, my CEO was tough on me. They're not doing us a favour. You know, they've been paid to be here. Yeah. And I always, in my mentoring, I ask people, and I ask you this question, Jason, and, and, and I say, I, I had a, a group last week, an electrical company last week, 30 people, fantastic leadership day, right? We do a lunch and learn. Mm. And there's a question I asked. The question is, when's the last time one of your employees rang you on, the, let's say, paydays on the Thursday and said, look, thanks, Jason, I received my pay, I appreciate it? Mm. Never. Yeah, that's right. And then the question is, well, they've, they've been paid. Then why do you have to kick them up the bum to get the job done? if they've been paid to be here, right? Yeah. So I turned the tables around. I yeah. made them know that the guard is the most important. We didn't have press one for this, two for that, automated mm. systems. Mm. You pick up the phone, you speak to Jason. Yeah. Human element. Yeah. Touch, feel, smell. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm oh, not well, mate. What's wrong? You're not coming to work? Mate, what's that? Mum died. This happened. Jesus, mm. what can we do for you? Mm. Simply getting a message, I'm not available, then finding out three days later they've had a major, had a major incident. It's unacceptable because, yeah. again, we're in the people business, Yeah. right? And we turned that around. We were a family, mm. but we weren't a family-run business. Two different things. Yeah, absolutely. Family, not family-run. Yeah. But there's nothing we wouldn't do for you. Mm. You know, and that's why even today I would handwrite birthday cards, Jason. Mm. You know, a stack three hundred cards, four hundred, two hundred a day. But I would write, Jace, good to see you. You know, la la la. Say this. I would crack our our own jokes. You know, mm. hey Robbie, happy birthday, kidney stains, ha ha ha. You know, mm. whatever. But people today still say my mum didn't give me a card. Yeah. Right. Then, of course, we've got culture. Mm. We had all shapes, sizes, colours, religions, race, everything you could possibly think of. And see, that would have been a challenge for you because Massive. a couple of the boys that work out together yep. that in the same gym, grew up in the same environment, have the same likes, the same dislikes, to go from that to have an organisation where people were born, not in, Australia, in other countries, Absolutely. some are married, some are women, some are men, some are yep. different shapes. That would be challenging to adapt. Absolutely. But it sounds like to me that you put your people first. People first. Always. Yeah. And we, we'd go to a tender. So we're tendering. We're tendering for a large job and they'll ask us. Mm. They'll see our organisational chart upside down. It was a pyramid, upside down, like this. Yeah. And, and we said, troops eat first. Yeah. They are first, you're second. Yeah. The clients, people say, our client first. No. How can you have a happy, how can I have a steak and a red wine with a client mm. while my guards are in the trenches, you know? Mm. Disaster. I'd wear my uniform. I wouldn't turn up in a suit. Yeah. I'm in the middle. Always talk about it, you know. Lead in the middle. Why? You can see the front, you can see the back. If yeah. you're at the front, you can't see the back. Yeah. In amongst it. Yeah, right. Now you're sipping champagne in the corporate box while the, the troops are getting killed. Yeah. Right? It's not to say that I don't trust them. But these high-risk things, you should lead by example. Yeah. Show them the way. Yeah. Be part of it. Harry, fast forward to today, um, and you're running an amazing organisation mm. called Life Worldwide. Yes. Uh, where you, uh, you know, typically are a mentor to individuals businesses, business owners, leadership groups. And I've got to say, uh, I really enjoy your daily updates, your videos. Uh, the run Thank is you. done. The run is done, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now, one of the things that I've started to learn with the people that I've had the, I guess, the opportunity to interview people like yourself is that every one of them has a, a set of daily habits that, mm. they, that they do and they conduct uh, to set themselves up for the day. Yes. And a lot of them also have end-of-day habits. Can you share mm -hmm. with uh, our listeners some of your daily habits? And uh, I mean, I know them because mm. I watch your yeah. videos, but share, <laughs> share a few of, of them with us, please. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, the 5 a.m. club. We'll uh -huh. do, we'll, in fact, we were just talking about that. Mm. So I'm up at 5. In fact, I'm up at 4.30, but up at you know 5, I'm in action, in action mode. So yeah. whether it's the gym, 
go for a run. I have a different schedule, so I run. I run every day, but I gym Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Then I go for a massive run on the Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. So I do that. I, I look at my goals. I, I pray in my own way. So that's my own meditation. Yeah. I look at what I've done, what I need to do, mm-hmm. and, and prepare myself. But I'm, I'm not a, I can't sit in bed, Jason. No. So for me I'm, and my wife, will say, I'm up. For me, it's, there's no alarm clock. Yeah. My passion wakes me, mate. I'm up, just bang, out of bed and full steam ahead. Yeah. There's no off. It's just yeah. bang. Let's go. You know. So, so, so. Okay. Let me let me go back to that. So you wake up at four thirty. Four thirty up, and then you're out of bed and you're on the go at five. Ready to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, and the, so, your your daily routine or your daily habits include um, exercise, exercise, a form of meditation. Yes. Um, work working out what are the big things you have to do that day. Attack them immediately. The yeah. Plan. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Let me ask you some practical questions. Um, yes. So you're lying next to somebody in bed. Mm. Does she wake up at 4.30 as well? No. No. Shift worker, you know, midwife, mm. shift mm. worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't appreciate the, the racket and me getting up because I'm just moving 100 miles an hour. There's I was no... going to say, does she get the shits with you? <laughs> Immune to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get her into the 5 a.m. club, right? Yeah, yeah. She goes, honey, I just got home half just an hour ago. Just got home, you know. <laughs> but, um, and you've got some... Uh, some principles that you live by. Yes. Uh, talk to us about those. Yes. So I call it the discipline. So we all need a toolbox, right? So we yeah. all carry around this toolbox. It's an, it's an imaginary toolbox. Mm-hmm. One of them, funny enough, that one of my mentors pulled me up one day and said, I need to speak to you about your language. Mm. Right? And that was interesting. And I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? So he impersonated me. Mm. So he would think that I would, not not he think, he, he impersonated. He said, look, you walk up and down the office, F this, F that, this, C mm. that, this thing, that thing. That. Mm. And he said, you don't mean it. But you just thought by having these conversations. Yeah. So this many, many years ago, and we stopped swearing. Mm. So one of the things I say, it's easy to do. It's easy to do it. Very hard not to do it. Mm. Try that. Mm. Uh, being an incredible human being, just mm. be an amazing human. Mm. You see something, fix it. Don't walk over it. You know, uh, leave people better than you found them. Yeah. You know, um, wake up doing good. Don't wake up with 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 you know wanting to do harm, wanting to do bad. You know, you said earlier, can we? Ha- of course, we all can handle ourselves, Jason. You mm. know. It's it's easy to to do that bad thing, mm. but it's harder to pull up and be the better person, right? Yeah. So I instill this everywhere, everywhere I go. You know, no negativity. I don't do negative. People, no. in fact, my family crack jokes about it, Mr. Yeah. Positive. You know, yeah, I said, yeah. there's nothing to see here. Move on. KMF. I call it KMF, right? Keep yeah. moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It's done. Finished. Done. I I, I really like uh, you've you've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, Doing the hard things, mm. and um, I, uh, I'm into audio books. Yes, and uh, brilliant. And one of them that I've listened to over a hundred times is uh, a, a book by Dr. Stephen Covey called "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People." Yes, and uh, his first three habits are: be proactive, mm. uh, begin with the end in mind, and put first things first. Now, I've taken that put first things first, and I've changed my interpretation of do the hard things. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting you, you talk about uh, it's easy to react this way and my natural strength is to fight my way out of it. That's yeah. the easy thing. Yes. The hard thing is to restrain myself and use uh, the correct uh, language. Yes. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Robbie and I, the way Rob and I, my business partner, as you know, the way we, and we've known each other since we were five. So yeah, yeah. we're 48, so it's 43 years. is a long time beautiful. that we've known each other. Yeah. But the way we communicate to each other is, you know, Rob's Arabic and, and they're a bit, they're, <laughs> they're a bit uh, you know, uh, aggressive in the, the way that they uh, communicate. 
we, they mean no harm, but this, it's just, just uh, it's a cultural yes. way of communicating. Yes. But when the way Rob and I communicate, if you were in the room, you it, it, it's almost offensive. Mm. But we don't take offence to it. Yes. So we had to tone our language down around yes. other people. Yes. Because it, you know the way they hear it is the different the way we wanted to communicate it. Absolutely. Um, I also intrigued about this legacy piece mm. that you spoke about and about uh, leaving people in a better position mm. than when they are. T- tell me what motivates or what drives that mm. in this, you. This, because uh, you know, Jason, I, I see. So I have, as an example, I have some really high net worth clients, individuals. Mm-hmm. I have some very large businesses that are some confidential, mm. uh, and then I have in between us, right? Mm. So there's so much pain out there. People have not cleaned up the mess. They haven't prepared for tomorrow. They're not preparing today for tomorrow. Mm. They haven't forgave. You know, they're whole, us ethnics are the best at it. Yeah, right. So we'll turn up to a funeral that we've spoken to somebody for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, the poor fella's dead, you know. Yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah. But the person carrying that around is us, yeah. me, you, him, her, yeah. right? We're not accepting change in the world. We're blaming the millennials, lazy bastards. They've done this. They mm. So I see this all day, every day. Mm. I hear it nonstop. And people... Uh, they, they seek comfort. So where yeah. do they go? Drugs, mm. alcohol. There's one big one that, that I, I, I preach continuously, and that is build up an appetite, go home and eat. Mm. What am I talking about? Don't be a cheater. Mm. It's easy to do that. Mm. It's harder not to mm. for, for, for all. Facing it, run to the fight, not from the fight. Yeah. You know, dealing with it. And being able then to, for me, to, to have those hard conversations I'm talking to people that are in jail, that are friends of mine, that have done some horrendous things, that are now in there for life. You know, some mm. some may get out. Who are saying, "I regret it." Well, you regret it. You're there now. What good can you do? Mm. And the kids that have come out saying, "Mate, I, I can't believe I did that." Yeah. Well, who are you now? Are you still going to crawl back into these bad habits? Yeah. You need to start again. Yeah. Massive businesses that have failed, gone broke. Easy to get on the on the drugs and the, and, and, and the, you know today it's no longer let's have a Friday night drink. It's mm. let's get on the powder. Yeah. What about not doing that? Yeah. What about being that in that? It's no longer the five percent club either. I reckon it's one two percent. Mm. They're playing a completely different club, and that's that high achiever club, right? Yeah. Because they all fall. But I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to correct them. I'm there to put them back together again. And it's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work because some of them can't change. They've mm. put the stickers on their heads. They've put these tough tattoos on them. You know mm. these people that were not these people. Yeah. Are, you know, acting like somebody that they're not. Mm. That when you start to work with them and dig deep and work out very quickly, that they actually still want to be that other person. Because yeah. some of those people, Jason, and you could have them in your work environment. Mm. There's two people that turn up, right? There's Sally that comes to work, and then there's Sally that goes out. Yeah. And you see Sally out, she's different. And I always put this like this, right? You have a work function, and they bring their partners. You know, the guy that's screaming and shouting in the office, normally carrying on, is sitting in the corner quietly, mm. right? Well, who are you? Are you somebody else here and somebody else there? Just be you. Yeah. Be the best version of you. And that's what I keep saying to these people. Tell me, mm. Harry, about the forgiveness piece that you spoke about. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to explore a little bit more mm. about that. Talk to me about that and your beliefs around that. It's, very, it's, it's easy not to forgive. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to point the finger. It's easy to say it's because of them. They did it to me. She, him, her. Mm. I, me, whatever. 
It's a bit of a below the line, above the line. You know, below yeah. the line is a lot of blaming and deflecting and it's their problem. Of course. Yeah, right. And it just keeps coming back. It, it doesn't disappear. It keeps coming back, mm. right? So I believe once you forgive, it, it allows you to, to be at peace with yourself. You don't have to think about that again. You're not going to run into those people and worry about what they're going to say or how you're going to respond. What's done is done. And, it, and if you can't forgive, then you both got to find a, find a mutual way to move on. It's interesting. Uh, so at the outset, the, you, you think that the forgiveness is I'm forgiving the other person. I'm doing something for the other person. In actual fact, the way yeah. you're uh, communicating it is it's actually you're doing something for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because right. you can't move forward. No. You're carrying it around, Jason. It's just, it's just extra weight, right? Yeah. And occasionally it pops up. Yeah. It pops up. You know, and Because and you take you everywhere you go, right? Yeah. You talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else. <laughs> you take you everywhere you go, Where are you going to hide? You can't hide. Harry, um, you, you've got so many pearls of wisdom and, and one of your catch cries <laughs> is be an incredible human. Yes. What does that mean, Harry? What, what, does, what are yeah. the traits of an incredible human? Yeah, just don't, don't, don't be a shit person. Mm. Don't be a miserable. Nobody wants to be around misery. No. It stinks. It's, it's negative. Mm. Negativity breeds failure. So what's the alternative? Just be an incredible human being. Mm. Just, you know, okay, they forgot to book, you weren't turned up at the restaurant, they, they forgot to move on. <laughs> Do this, be that. Very right. amazing. Okay, let's, let's, let's see if we can make this practical, if that's okay with of you. Of course. A lot of people that listen, uh, that are listening to this podcast, yes. have had a shit year. Yes. Uh, they've, uh, their business, uh, you know, revenue might have halved, their profit, they might have gone into a lost position, they might have lost contracts, they might be still negotiating with their landlord. They might have gone through a, uh, you know, a separation with their mm. wife or their husband, mm. and they're really downtrodden and they're in a really dark place. Yes. And I say, and you say, be an incredible human. Mm. I mean, with respect to that commentary, Absolutely. one can't. It's very hard to snap out of that. Mm. Are there any any tricks or mm. any little traps that they could start practicing to enable them to move and get some momentum and move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I'll say this to you. Recently, a, uh, a, it wasn't my client. He was referred to me. Yep. Talked to me about an absolute similar thing, what you've just said. He said, you know, you, know, you keep talking about oh, just be positive, don't be negative. Mm. You, know, mate, you know what's happened? Do you realise what's happened? He was getting very animated. Yeah. And I, he said, oh, I'm not getting angry. I'm just telling you before you start telling me. Do you, do you know what's happened around? Maybe you're in a better position than me, he's saying to me. He's yeah. saying all these things. Yeah, yeah. That are, he was basically telling me what are, all this stuff that he wanted to hear yeah. to make him feel better. I said, when's the last time we went on a holiday? He goes, oh, here we go. There's another thing. When are we going to go? I said, I didn't ask you, when are we? When did you last go? Mm. He said, oh, I went to Thailand. Well, he told me where he went, Thailand, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. I said, who had booked it? He said, oh, funny enough, wife booked it, looked at it, whatever. I said, so what did you do? You explored your options, right? He says, what do you mean? I said, am I talking normal or not? And, he, and I sort of tried to give him a few punches back, right? Mm. He said, yeah, what, say it again. I said, so you explored where you're going to stay. I'm sure you just didn't book and go, right? Mm. He said, yeah. So I said, you planned all that, didn't you? You looked at where you're going to go. You're going to ride elephants. You're going to eat here. You're going to stay there. You're going to have a massage here. You're flying first class, business class, at the back. Whatever you want to do, this plane, that plane, however you wanted to do what you wanted to do, you planned all that, right? Mm. He said, I did. I said, so... Why don't you start planning what you look like in the next 12 months? Interesting. Right? Because why do we do it when it's good and we don't do it when it's bad? Mm. So we've got a problem. All right, we all got a problem. Of course we all got a problem. Right? But what does it look like? Mm. 
Why did I run into you many times on the track down at the bloody Maribyrnong mm. when we could have that one hour of training when others didn't go? Yeah. Why did we go? Because we said, right, we've got an hour, let's go. Yeah. Right? How do you find that motivation? These people have got to either now amputate, shut it down, face the music. Well, people don't want to do is they don't want to face the reputational damage because the persona is I am this person. I got all these things. I oh, look how cool I am. And all of a sudden they're being cut. Mm. The credit's finished. The disaster's kicked in. Maybe that's who you always were. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, about racism. I said, everybody's racist. Mm. You didn't write that. You didn't like that. You didn't post that. You didn't say that if you're not racist. You did it. Mm. So unless you're prepared to run to the fight, cop the punishment, amputate, you go to hospital, your leg's busted, they can't fix it, they cut it. Otherwise, you're going to die. Same in business. I'm not sitting there saying it's easy. Nobody said it's easy. But this is, this is the reality. This is where we are today. Mm. Yesterday's gone. Here we are today. Mm. Who is the practice in three, two, five years? It may not be. Mm. You know, X, Y, Z, this company. It may not be that anymore. Yeah. Qantas people are filling up shelves. Yeah. Right? People are cleaning. People that have got doctors, you know, doctorates that are cleaners, that are security yeah. guards. I had them. Engineers. that came from war-torn countries to restart. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. Interesting that planning piece is um, is is quite mm. intriguing. And so, you know, we, we take the person that's downtrodden or it's really struggling and a, the first bit of commentary is who do you want to be? Who are you? Face your reality, yeah. yes. who you are today, who do you want to be? Yes. And then what are the things you need to do to get yourself to there? Work backwards, right? Yeah, right. Interesting. I, yeah. want, I said I want to be 100 million. Now I started working backwards. Yeah. I need to do this. Mind you, I'll just throw this in while we're saying this, right? 100 million. I'll never forget that my mentor pulled me into the office. He says, come over here, come here and have a quick chat to you about something. I said, what's that? And he says, I know you're carrying on clapping and everyone's doing cartwheels and everything. You're 100 million, you know, you bought the Bentley, ha, 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 all this sort of stuff. Mm. Right, yep. He said, your competitors do 100 million a week. You're doing it in a year. So pull your head in. Yeah. Right? Now, that was a reality check. It didn't deflate me. No. It motivated me. But that's that humility piece I spoke about yes. earlier. Yes. I, I remember early doors when I was uh, when I first started working on radio and I, I, I must have only been there for six weeks or something and I, I said the stock market shit itself um, and I got pulled in and I, I got this lesson that I've carried. This is 12 years ago or something. Uh, yeah, it was 2008. There yes. you go. Well, uh, and when the, when the market did shit itself. And uh, that's why I started a podcast because now I'm allowed to swear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not joking, Chip. And the director at SEN said to me, Jason, uh, let's just get one thing straight. We don't swear on radio. He said, don't get too ahead of yourself, young man. And I was, it hurt me to hear it, you know, uh, and it hurt my ego mm, mm, to mm. hear it. But now I find myself saying that to a lot of people in our mm. organisation. Brilliant. The last, and I, I say that to my son, I got three boys, yes. and the last trait you want to have is to get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. And uh, no. that, was a, that would have been a good grounding bit of advice. To, you know, 100 million is amazing, something to, be oh, sell, to celebrate. Well, yeah. We started with nothing, 30 cents in the bank, right? Yeah. Um, and we still had nothing, but he was yeah. laughing. But, you know, and, and, and there was a lot of lessons in there too, and you know this in accounting terms. Mm. I learned that. You know, because you mentioned ego. Um, revenue feeds your ego, profits feed your family. Mm. I learned that. Mm. You know, you could be 100 million, but what, with 100,000 in the bank? What's yeah. that? Yeah. Who are you? Who, are, who really? Who, and I, it all started to, because I had to learn the numbers. I had to learn that this goes with this and mm. that goes with that. And I was all about give back, reinvest mm. it, reinvest mm. it. But then there's life outside this. Mm. You know, what does it look like? Who are you? Like the question that you raised. Maybe that business is done and dusted. Yeah. Maybe they can go and be the best 
person that they can possibly and, and, and feed back into this industry, yeah. you know, whatever they're doing. I don't it's know. one of the things that we've been learning from with our mentor at the moment is how do you front up and be the best version of yourself? Absolutely. And he keeps talking about these daily habits. And I know that when I adhere to my daily habits, um, when I get up at 5.45 every morning, yes. I meditate for the first 22 minutes of the day, I get dressed, I clean my teeth, I walk to the gym and I exercise and I walk back, I shower, Brilliant. I get dressed, Brilliant. I work out what food I'm going to eat for the day, I plan my food. Yes. And then I get to work and I plan my day. Whenever I do that, yes. I am the best version of myself. Well, I'll say this to you. You know, you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger. He trains every day. Yeah, right. Moves every day. Yeah. So, and my, I never forget my wife said to me once, it was about John Howard. She mm. goes, oh, because she saw it on, somebody made a comment about something. She goes, who's the busiest person in Australia? And I said, oh, she goes, yeah, come on, Mr. Businessman. You don't know this question. You know, I'll have a bit of a laugh. I said, I give up. She goes, John Howard. And he trains every day. He walks every day. Yeah. Right? So that's one of my number one words of advice to everybody. Get up. Okay, don't get up at 4.30 at 5. Whatever time, go for a walk. Mm. Just go for a walk around the block. Clear your head. Get the sun in there. Get some vitamin D. Talk to, talk to the trees. Talk to yourself. Do whatever you got to do. Mm. Prepare yourself for battle. Because, you know, every day, and, and I used to get in trouble for this. Every day you're at war, Jason. Mm. Your business, you're at war. Number one, you're here to protect your business or you're taking somebody's business. So either way, you're at war. You take somebody's business, they're coming for you. Mm. Somebody's trying to take your business, you've got the guards at the front door, shotguns ready to go. No one's taking this business, right? Yeah. So your energy levels are high or you've got your internal terrorists that take the business, are talking to somebody, are looking for a new job, are doing the wrong things, are not leading, are not delivering what you said. Mm. I think I've said this to you once. I, I did a presentation for a large accounting firm. And then I realized that they were the accountants for a cleaning company that a friend of mine owns, a large cleaning company. They've done yeah. very well. And I said, put your hand up to the people that are servicing this company. And these poor people in the corner put their hands up. So I walked out off the stage. It was a massive event. Walked out. And I said, you give them advice? They go, yep. Business. I said, their business is flying. So I pumped them up. They took the bait. I said, they're flying. They've gone from here to here, from here to here. Yeah. Fan, you, you're unbelievable. Fantastic with what you're doing. I said, now. When were you there at 3 a.m. next to them cleaning toilets? I said, oh, what, do you, what, what, what do you mean? I said, so how are you giving advice when you don't even know what it feels like at 3 in the morning for this business? Yeah. And what does that mean? Know your product. Mm. Know your brand. It doesn't always look the way it is here. Yeah. Right? Debits and credits, balance sheets and profit and loss statements. Right. That's right. Yeah. So everyone's got a plan, as Mike Tyson said, to you get yeah. punched in the face, mate, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... You're developing the plan. Mm-hmm. You're doing the hard things first. Everything that's hard. See, it, listening to you, Harry, uh, it, it, you make it easy, sound easier to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, but I guess that's become habitual for you. Mm. And, and you know, there was a stage where you weren't getting up at 4.30 in the morning, no, I'm sure. No. Yeah, right? Mm. And so it sounds to me that you search for the hardest thing to do. You do that. That gives you the greatest buzz, the greatest bit of energy. Yes. And then... You, you, you're a person that practice what he preaches. Yes. Yeah. Must. Tell me about family life for you, Harry. Family life. Um, married a good Greek girl, yeah. Tracy, Tracy McDonough. No, yeah. she's Australian from Sunshine. <laughs> 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 we baptised her. We, did, we really did baptise the Greek Orthodox. It's funny because, Jason, when she fell pregnant, my father then, who was alive, God bless him, I remember going to see Dad and I said, Dad, listen, you know that girl you met? Yeah. She's been coming around a fair bit. And she goes, yeah. And he used to smoke there. Maybe smoke in the kitchen, right? Yeah. We've had this conversation. Took it away, right? Campbell cigarettes. And he said, yeah, what about her? And I said, listen, she's pregnant. 
and he says, wow, mate, and of all this crazy shit you've done, this is big. You yeah. know? This is big. And I'll never forget, he leaned over and he looked at me and he said, listen, what are you going to do? And as I went to say what I'm going to do, he said, I'll tell you what you're going to do. There's only two options here. You get rid of her and the kid immediately. Never, never, ever want to see her again. Or you have that kid, you marry her and you love her and you look after the family. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, no worries, Dad. You know, I'm thinking, yeah. And he goes, so what are you going to do? And I'm thinking, I thought I'd go away and think about it. You yeah. know, like, uh, and I said, oh, I'll come. He goes, no, 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 no. He told me right now, look, now, immediately. And he's chopping away, right? And I'm mm. thinking, geez, I felt like having a smoke there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I have the kid, you know? And he goes, all right, he puts his hand out and shook my father's hand. You know, you shake mm. that, man. You stand for nothing, you fall for everything, right? Mm. Shook my father's hand. He said, you look after this girl, you look after the kid. You do the right thing, okay? Mm. So since that day, which is 28 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, married the love of my life. Yeah. Tracy, you know? So I've got a daughter, she's uh, 27. I've got a son, Evander, like Evander Holyfield. Yeah. So we named him. <laughs> uh, he's 22. Yeah. Um, dad passed mum. Mum, you know, it's funny I didn't talk about mum because mum played a very big role in our upbringing. Why? Mum got sick when I was 17 years old. Yeah, so wow. mum suffered brain tumours. Oh, dear. And she's had, she, she's still she's alive, mate. You know, half a head, one tooth, one arm, one leg. This lady's just a trooper, you know. Yeah. Um, her brain's 100%. But, you know, she um, she stayed home. Dad then had to leave work and stay home with her and do all the things that you do, right? Mm. So I respect him immensely for doing that. And then he obviously passed. Unfortunately, passed in my arms. I couldn't bloody mm. get his heart. I should have done my first aid course, Jason. Yeah. I forgot to let it do it. <laughs> but so that that's that's you know we've got a massive family. It's two mm. brothers, an older brother, younger brother. Mm. You know, um, but we looked after mum. You know, yeah. we, we we took it in turns. You know, we did the shifts and whatever. Mm. And then, but. Simple, simple stuff. Yeah. Harry, um, you're a very family-orientated man, and it's, it's good to hear you talk about your family with so much love. Tell me a bit more about life worldwide and, and, mm. and, and you know, what your, I guess, your purpose is, what your identity is, and, and, and what are the values that your organisation mm. stands for? What I didn't realise, Jason, was that, and I did realise it later, that I was mentoring all the way through my security business. Mm. I'm mentoring the kids. I'm mentoring the troops. I'm mentoring them. We're briefing them, but we're mentoring them, right? Example, uh, we, we had a large population of an, an Arabic community. Mm-hmm. So I believed in less of them, more of us. You put them together, they're going to speak in their own language. If we don't mix them up, if we don't put a, you know, uh, the Middle Easterns with the Indians, the Indians with the Aussies, the Aussies with the Greeks, the Gre- if mm-hmm. you just less of them, more of us, and make them understand that we live in Australia. Yeah. I don't care what happened overseas. I famously, the boys, I think I told you, used to crack jokes with my father. And then mm. They said, oh, Harry said this, you know, just to rev my dad up. And dad said to me, listen, if the uh, Greeks invade Australia, what are you going to do? I'll say, I'll shoot them. Yeah. Of course I'll shoot them. I live in the best country in the world, mate. They invade here, they're gone. I'm an Aussie. Mm. But vice versa, if I'm there and they come there for no reason, I'll help there. You know? yeah. Yeah. And I used to say to the troops, if, um, we, we had Ramadan. Yeah. Tell us. We know you can't eat. We mm. know you can't do this. Mm. We put on big events. I'll have a halal barbecue. I'll have snags for us, yeah. vegetarian for the Indian kids, yeah. X, Y, Z for this, right? Respect everybody, mm. fear none. But they had to understand they're there to do a job. Mm. You're getting paid, right? All this. So my mentoring came naturally because I realized that I'm mentoring them. I'm figuring them out. I'm putting them back together. I'm getting their behaviors right, their attitudes right, this, 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 this. So then I thought, I'll, just give, I'll give a little bit back, Jason. And life Leadership is for everyone, the acronym, mm. worldwide, because mm. I wasn't only doing it here. I've got some clients overseas. Mm. 
And I thought, I'll put it out there and just see what happens. Well, I put it out there a little bit, a bit of a teaser, and it just went. It went nuts. Oh, it went nuts. It really went nuts. These lunch and learn um, <clears throat> sessions that you have, how do people, you know, if people listening to this got a truckload out of it like I have yes, and that I continue to get from you, how, how do they find out about you? How do they get in contact I, with you? I would say social media is the easiest. I don't have any fa- fancy name, just my full name, Harry Corus. You get me on social media. Corus with two R's. Two R's, yes. Harry with two R's. Harry with two R's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I get I get a lot of work out of uh, LinkedIn, funny enough, people mm-hmm. that I don't know, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, life worldwide is all about just giving back, putting people back together again, showing them the light. Sometimes it dims, right? Mm. And it could be just that one little thing that you're not doing mm. that's unbalanced everything. Yeah. Just one thing. Yeah. I said to a bloke last week, I said to him, he said, oh, you know, this and I said, when's the last time you went to church? He goes, don't start about church, right? A Greek Orthodox guy, mm. funny enough. Mm. But I said, I'm not telling you this for any other reason. I said, don't go there because I don't even know what they're saying either. I said, but listen, just go and light a candle, walk in, spend 10 minutes and walk out. So anyway, fast forward the story. He says, you know what? Something's missing and I think I found myself. What it done, it lifted his spirits. Yeah. Because you could be in the gutter very quick, Mm. right? And again, as I said earlier, substance abuse is just a mask. It's just a temporary fix. Then you still got to bring you back out, right? Mm. You can't hide. So life worldwide, that's what it does. It puts you back together again, shows you the light. And one of the big things, and I've said this to you, lots of people meet, very few connect, right? That's not my saying. John Maxwell said it best. Lots of people meet, very few connect. I love connecting people. Mm. If I think you're going to benefit from this, you're going to benefit from him, her, or this business, I say, you know what? I think Jason should meet a friend of mine because of this reason. Bang. Mm. You know? And off to a happy thing. And life's not about a transaction either. Everyone mm. puts their hand out. Well, well Put your hand up, mm. help. And that's what it's about. And, you know, good. if you want to put me on as a client or you put me on a retainer, you want something done furthermore, and, of course, my time's precious to me too, right? Mm. I've got to feed my family too. So I'll give you as much as I can, but don't take the piss either. You yeah. know? And, and if you're not willing to be a willing participant, lunch and learn is incredible. I'm going to – well, we had Rob, funny enough, as mm. uh, one of our guest speakers, and then mm. we went into lockdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it sells out immediately, yeah. immediately. And it's it's a it's a bunch of people that um, are all business people, all different yeah. people. And but all, you also do it for kids, younger generation as yes, well. Yes, young guns. So yeah. we're boarding the young guns. Yeah, that's um, right. And they've done unbelievable things. These kids. Mm. Mm. And and it's one word: fear. They've got this fear of I'm not going to be liked, or I'm going to get picked on if I say that, or if mm. I bring up this, or I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, I don't know how to tell dad and mum because they're split, or whatever it may be. Mm. We give them a platform, mm. and we create a little incubator. We just bring your idea in here. We'll listen to it. We won't laugh at it. We'll listen to mm. it. We'll critique you and then put you into the right areas. Yeah. You know? Harry Corris, you're a good man. Thank uh, you so much. The run you. is done. The run is done, Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for being a guest, mate, and thank you for all you're giving. Nah, thank you, Jason, and congratulations with everything you're doing because you're giving way more than everybody else. And I've got no doubt that your listeners and 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 and, the, and you should be very proud of the, what you and Robert have done here as well. So yeah. keep doing the good stuff, mate. Thanks, Harry. Thank you. Thank you.